You're listening to Mount Carmel Baptist Church's weekly Sunday worship service message at 11 a.m. Mount Carmel is located in Demarest, Georgia. To learn more, visit mtcarmeldemarest.com or facebook.com forward slash mtcarmeldemarest. Thanks for listening. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 12 through 24. I want to preach to you a sermon I've entitled Potato Church. Potato Church. I'm here today to prevent Mount Carmel from developing a case of Potato Church. I have here with me my daughter Scotland helped me assemble it and configure it just last night. I'm Mr. Potato Head. Yes. And as you can tell, the way she's assembled it, his tongue's over here to the right of his ear. He has a hand where his ear should be. He's got many more parts than are necessary, but that's the way she wanted it arranged, and that's what she's got. I want you to imagine for a moment if Mr. Potato Head could choose only two parts to use. Which ones do you think he would choose? Would he choose his eyes, his nose, his hands, his feet? Let's make it even easier. Imagine if Mr. Potato Head had just to go without two parts. So he can keep every part except two. Which ones do you think he would forgo? Would he go, I can get rid of my awesome mustache? Or I can get rid of one of my eyes and live without it? Which would you choose if a member or limb or organ of your body had to go? Mount Carmel, we face the same decision every year. And I'm going to place Mr. Potato Head right here. We face the same decision every year here at Mount Carmel. Which parts of the church body are we content to leave out? Our average worship attendance is approximately 180 people who are 6th grade and older. And that is not all the membership. I am being extremely gracious. We have approximately 235 to 250 semi-to-complete membership profiles in our church database. I'll submit this to you with gentleness and respect. I question the membership of any person who is just a profile in our database. I'll stir that pot another day. Approximately 140 people are enlisted in a ministry currently at Mount Carmel, which is 77% of the aforementioned average worship attendance. You say, Josh, why are you all about the numbers? Because here's what I want you to know. As your pastor, who will give an account for your soul and for our church's conduct, I refuse to be satisfied with the 77% functioning body. How many of you are content to say, I'm okay if just 77% of me works? We'd all be running to the doctor. 
Well, you've come to the doctor today. I want a fully functioning church body. And I will not settle for anything less. Why? Not because Josh is arrogant. Because the Bible knows of no settling for anything less. I'm standing on the authority of God's Word. At the same time, let me tell you another thing that I don't believe in. I don't believe in a church of the gaps theory. And here's how that gap theory goes. Such and such ministry is too important. So let's take people away from their area of gifting and place them here for the time being. Some of y'all are going, I'm doing that right now. Stop doing it. It's somebody else's job. We don't take the ear out of Mr. Potato Head and put it where the hand goes. You got me? It's important that we know how God has gifted us and we use it in the right place. And sometimes we need to let gaps be gaps until God's people function the way they're supposed to function. I'm not going to take my nose and replace my finger. Now, I know there's some common obstacles to getting involved in a church. I get it. Some of us say this, I am never asked. You are being asked now. If you need me to come to you, mm -mm, I'm telling you right now, I have come to you today to ask you to serve. Find a place of ministry. Here's a fair question or a fair statement. I don't know what to do. That's fair. But I can assure you, I've looked at the vast majority of the ministries we provide at Mount Carmel, and you will be teamed up. You're not alone. You will be put with somebody who's done it before, and they're there to help you. Here's one. Hey, there's nothing here for me. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe God's calling you to start a ministry. That does not mean, Pastor, I have a great idea for a ministry you should do. Oh, you misunderstood the Scriptures. Okay? I've got my ministry. What's your ministry? What is God calling you to do? Some of you, and I get this, I'm not physically able to do what I once could do. One of the ones I will encourage you if, you, if that's you, and if you're watching by live stream, I want you to know I desire, if you're in that state, please be a part of my sermon prep prayer team. Please. If we're breathing, my qualifications for that ministry is breath. If you're alive, you can pray. So there is fundamentally no place that you cannot find in the church. And here's one that's come up recently, and I want to tell you how the spiritual leaders of the church have looked at it. Some of you go, I'm not a member yet. Is there a place for you? Here's what I want you to know. Non-members cannot vote, all right? They cannot teach, and they cannot lead. They can't be a deacon or a chairperson. However, if you're willing to go into any of these committees or ministry teams to serve, come right on in. I want you to know that. We're ready for that. In today's Bible passage, at the church of, church of Corinth, believers who receive some of the more visibly spectacular gifts of ministry look down on others who did not receive those gifts. And it was causing paralysis 
of ministries of the members of the church body. And the body was not only becoming paralyzed, but disjointed and divided. And so the Apostle Paul, the doctor, right? the Apostle writes to correct this understanding in the church. Let's read 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 12 through 24. I'm going to read all of it together, and then I'm going to walk back through and explain it. He says this, For just as the body, in this instance he's talking about the human body, for just as the human body is one and has many parts, and all the parts of that body, though many are one body, so also is Christ. So he's letting us know, he's setting up the analogy. Christ's body, the church, looks and functions a whole lot like our own individual human body. So he's going to make an analogy. Stay with him. And he's going to give us some theology. He says, For we, talking about the church, Christians, believers, were all baptized by one Spirit, the Holy Spirit, into one body, the church. Whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and we were all given one spirit to drink. Indeed, the body is not one part, but many. If the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I don't belong to the body. It is not, for that reason, any less a part of the body. Paul says, stop talking like that. Verse 16, and if the ear should say, because I'm not an ah, I don't belong to the body. It is not for that reason any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an ah, where would the hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But as it is, God, not pastor, not any, God has arranged each one of the parts in the body just as he wanted. Now that should just let you celebrate right there. You're here for a divine reason. A divine purpose. Verse 19. And if they were all the same part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. Or again, the head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body which are weaker are indispensable. And those parts of the body that we consider less honorable, we clothe these with greater honor, and our unrespectable parts are treated with greater respect, which our respectable parts do not need. Instead, God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the less honorable. Let me first explain just those couple of first verses, those first one or two verses in 1 Corinthians 12, 12, and 13. Whenever a person, any individual here under the sound of my voice, when they recognize their sin, that they're a sinner, that they have fallen short of the glory of God, that they deserve God's judgment, to spend eternity in hell separated from God's love and himself in heaven. When they recognize that deep in their soul and they turn their hearts and minds and lives from their sin 
and they trust Jesus as their Savior and God, that Jesus is the only remedy for our souls, the only satisfaction that can heal and forgive us. His death, burial, and resurrection, that Jesus stands at the right hand of God the Father, hearing our thoughts and whispers, and when we turn and embrace Jesus by faith, we are saved. We are forgiven. We are brought back home to a relationship with God. Something else happens in the life of that person. And this is what he's alluding to when we talk about being of one spirit and drinking of one spirit. When you turn from your sins and trust Christ as your Savior, the Holy Spirit begins a unique and special relationship with you. You have a relationship with with the third person of the, of the Holy Trinity, the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit lives in every believer, and that's the part he mentions, regardless of race, Greek or Jew, black or white. The Holy Spirit indwells any believer. Notice, not even gender matters, man or woman. God will use a man or a woman or socioeconomic status, rich or poor, does not matter. When we turn from our sins and trust Christ as our Savior, in that moment, the Holy Spirit fills that person's life regardless of who they are. And He begins to do something new in them. And this is good. He begins to do something miraculous. He begins to change them and empower them and equip them to do work for the Lord. You might want to write this down. The Holy Spirit places... Each believer in the church. The Holy Spirit places each believer in the church. And that, I think, functions on two levels. The Holy Spirit is the one ultimately responsible for placing you in the church with the capital C. That when you repent of your sins and trust Christ as your Savior, you become a part of the church, visible and invisible and universal. A part of God's broad, a part of his called out people. But I also don't believe it's haphazard that you're sitting in this particular expression of a local church, Mount Carmel. I sincerely believe that if you're here, I think the Holy Spirit has providentially placed you here. You're not here by, by accident. He's placed you in our church. And the second thing he does is he gives every believer a power or gift, write it down. He gives every believer a power or gift of ministry. So when you turn from your sins and trust Christ as your Savior, the Holy Spirit saves you and places you in the church with a capital C and in the church with a little c, Mount Carmel Baptist Church, or wherever it is that you're listening. And here's the part that I want you to think about. He then also gives you a function he gives you a power. He gives you a gift, not for yourself, but to minister to others for the glory of God and for your own personal joy. So here's what I'm trying to get out of you today. I know if you're a believer sitting in here, God has given you something to give to the rest of this church. I want you to use it. That's all I want you to do. I am excited and ecstatic about the fact what happens to Mount Carmel if we were 100% fully functioning, operating in every power and gift that's in you already. You don't even have to wonder, is it there? If you know Jesus as your Savior, you've got it. That excites me. 
Could you imagine what this church could do with 100% of the gifts that God has given us working in and through the church, the kind of impact that it would make on the community around us? We would change Habersham County and quite possibly the world because what God has in you. But I can't see it until you serve. I can't see it until you work. God has sovereignly arranged believers in His church. And the church, listen, we cannot bring the most glory to God or experience the greatest joy until all of us are serving. Doesn't that just as a Christian make you sad just a little bit to know there's a greater glory we could bring to God if we were all working together? And does it make you sad for just a little bit to know there's a greater joy we can experience without you serving? They're sitting out there. Notice the power's already been given. The, the end, the purpose for why they're there, they're already been given. The beginning and the end are there. The question's still in your lap. Are you going to serve? Are you going to function? Every member, every member, of this church is essential to the life, health, and growth of the church just like every part of your body. Again, which one, which part of your body are you going to say, I am completely content to get rid of it? Other than the fat, right? (laughs) But every part that's essential, we don't want to get rid of it. We want it completely functioning. Think about your heart or your liver. Now, those parts are not visible, praise God. (laughs) I can't see your heart, your physical heart. I can't see your physical liver. But think about this. Even though they're not visible, those organs are called what kind of organs? Vital. That came from a nurse, by the way. I didn't make that up. They're called vital organs. If your heart stops functioning, do you have a problem? You better hope these nurses jump up. If your liver stops functioning, do you have a problem? Absolutely. Not visible, notice, but what? Vital. If one of those invisible parts of your body stops functioning or does not function properly, you will be in a lot of pain and in a lot of trouble. The most pain that I ever experienced, I have had a broken ankle, I have jammed fingers, I've had ear infections, I've had pink eye. Isn't that of the devil right there? That should tell you there's sin and the world's broken. I have a deviated septum. My nose doesn't work right. I promise it's messed up. But the worst pain I've ever been in was when a little invisible part of my body messed up. Anybody's gallbladder ever gone bad on them? Now, let me tell you right now, I've been in pain. Nothing touched that pain. In 29 years of living, I have never been to the ER. My gallbladder stopped working one day, a Tuesday, in my office, and I called my wife and said, drop everything you're doing and take me to the emergency room. This has got to come out. 
Now, what changes a man that goes, I don't, want the, I don't want the doctor to touch me. I don't want to be put under. It's because the pain was so great from a small, seemingly insignificant part that was not visible to me, and it alerted me to how much it really meant. It's those seemingly invisible Seemingly insignificant parts of the body that we cannot live without, much less survive. Now, what does that mean to the church? Here's what's so amazing. We tend to think, when we think of ministries and services, we tend to look and see what's on the stage. What's visible for everybody to see. And this hurts me, but i got to tell you the truth. I'm not the most important ministry in this church. You, you can find another preacher, and some of you are thinking, it'd be a great idea. But there's some people in our church you'll never hear, you'll never see, you'll never know about, that there are the heart, the lungs, the liver, the vital organs of this church, and if they stopped working, this church would be in trouble. We'd experience a lot of pain a lot of hurt, a lot of division. And what I mean by that is to go into that glorious band of people who serve and you may never be visibly recognized. I need you to see you have a greater honor. That's the way the Lord chose it. He says this, your most vital organs, what do you do? You clothe and protect them. Notice this, the, the nose, the ears, the eyes, the hands, even the feet. And I go, I got shoes on, but I'm saying this, especially my daughter, she'd run around barefooted all the time if she could. But we're protecting our vital organs, don't we? We cover them up. We can't live without them. So even if you sign up to a ministry that no one except maybe me, you, and the Lord knows that you serve in, it's vital. It's vital. Every single one of you are vital to the work of the church. Can I tell you why I'm afraid, what especially current concerns me? I believe there are two currents of sentiments in our church which are deadly and dangerous. They cause paralysis and disunity. Here's the first sentiment. You just might want to write this down as a sub-point. Is if you say this or feel this, I don't belong. I do not belong. And I want you to go back and look at this passage. If your thoughts and feelings, if you feel that way, it does not alter the glorious scriptural fact. I need you, and the person beside you needs you, whether you feel that way or not. We were made, listen to this, we were made, the church was made to need every member in the church. I need you to be here. The person next to you needs you to be here, doing your part. So whatever it is you keep saying, I don't belong, scripturally, you do. The second sentiment that's deadly and dangerous is this, and this is the one I think Mount Carmel, with gentleness and respect, we may struggle with the most. This sentiment, I can do it better myself. I can do it better by myself. Now, here's what's deadly about that, okay? I am a control freak. 
There's a lot of things that I look at and just be like, it is not worth the time and hassle to tell somebody how it needs to be done. So I'll do it by myself. First of all, you are overestimating your ability. Me too. We are not the body. The last thing Mount Carmel or the church with a capital C, C needs is for every member to be Josh Taylor. Ooh, that would be bad. So bad. And what we have to trust is this, is that God has placed somebody in this church that actually can, listen to this, it's okay, do a better job than you. Yeah. Now, there's something in here that they can't do. But by and large, I would rather you focus on a few things and do them with excellence than run yourself thin and ragged. And then here's another part. Some of us, I hate to say this, some of it's about a control issue, and some of us, we're just quite frankly too lazy to disciple other people. Or if I do disciple them, they'll take my spot. Well, praise God. Go plant another church. So find it what it is that you do, what God has given you to do, and then do it to, I mean, everything to the max. But if you see something else, hey, encourage others. Enlist the help of others. I don't want one person doing eight things at the church. I don't. It's not good for them or the rest of the church. So both of those sentiments, I don't belong or I can do it better by myself, they'll kill this church. I need you. You need me. You need each other. <laughs> right? Write this down. Here's what I want us to take away. Nobody is the body. <laughs> Nobody is the body. But everybody is somebody. But everybody is somebody. Nobody can do the whole work of the church. Not the deacons, not the pastors or the staff, not the Sunday school teachers. Nobody can do everything that God wants from his church. But I need you to know this. Everybody has something to contribute. Everyone is essential. Not one part can do the whole body's work and it's going to take everybody to do the body's work. So what? Be a part. Please be a part. I need you. We need you. You need me. You need us. Why? This is for our utmost joy. This is for bringing the utmost glory to Him who gave himself to you, gifted you, and then sovereignly turned around and gave you to each other. Here's what I want to encourage us to do at this time. We're going to have a time of response in just a moment. And here's all that I'm asking you today. If you're a believer, not, not even a member, if you're a believer... I want you to take this, I want you to survey this, and what you may want to do today, this is my prompt for your response, is simply bring it to the altar and say, God, where would you have me serve?
Not if, not when, not do I have the ability, do I really belong, do they really need me? I just solved all that for you. Yes, 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 you got all that. It's just a matter now of where in the body, where in the body. And if you go, none of these places are it, then I want you to pray and try to discern what, what God might be leading you to begin and let us, help you, let us help equip you to carry out your ministry. Thanks for listening to Mount Carmel Baptist Church's weekly Sunday worship service message. Mount Carmel is located in Demarest, Georgia. Please join us this Sunday at 11 a.m. To plan your visit, go to mtcarmeldemarest.com.